your ride ready for spring driving with Dobbs Spring Break Deals. Money saver deals you can use on Goodyear, Pirelli, Cooper, Michelin, and General Tires. Expert auto service, too. Click on GoToDobbs.com for spring break deals now. For over two decades, E&B Granite has been St. Louis's trusted name for kitchen, bathroom, and outdoor space renovations that are guaranteed to bring new life into your living spaces. Their skilled team will provide you with personalized customer service, fast turnaround times, and prices you won't find with big box stores. Support local and schedule free consultation at enbgranite.com or call them at 314-645-9300 or better yet, stop by the showroom and explore their massive inventory. Again, that's enbgranite.com. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. And I'm Brandon Kylie. It's BK and Ferrario on 101 ESPN. Very happy to go out to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line to be joined by the former Major League Baseball general manager and now host of Power Alley on MLB Network Radio. He is Jim Duquette. Jim, we always appreciate the time. How are you doing today, my friend? Hey, what's going on, guys? How you doing? Thanks for having me on. Thrilled to have you. So let's start with this. We've been talking, as you can imagine, about what the Cardinals can do in the second half to get things back on track a bit. If I put you in John Mosellock's shoes, Jim, what are you looking to do over the next couple of weeks as we start approaching the trade deadline? Well, you know what? They're in a tough spot, right? Because, you know, you're, you're, when you look at the season overall, they, at one point when Flaherty was healthy, they were, they were a contending type team. You know, eight, I think their highest point was eight games over at one point. And since he's been injured, you know, it's been a, a, a tailspin, as you guys have seen, too. For me, I'm looking at the club. I'm going, right, what, what is realistically who's going to come back off the I.L. At, at some point? Is it is Flaherty coming back? Is Hicks coming back? Like, what's their status? I got to get a status p- report on them first, because if they're coming back, I can focus uh, on the, the offense, which has not been great. Um, and go out and get a piece that way. I'd say one piece, you know, an outfielder type. Uh, could be a corner outfield type is what I would I would say. But any outfielder, just any bat. We, we've seen it with other teams. When they add one piece sometimes to an offensive group, the rest of the, the offense kind of takes off. And I think that's that's what I would try to do. But, but it's got to be based off of the medical that you're, that you're trying to get on a couple of your key pitchers. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And I, I lean with you on the bat part of it too because it does sound like just – from everything we're reading, what the Cardinals are saying. And I think Jack Flaherty is starting to throw off flat ground. It it does look like there's a timetable. He looks healthy again, and he is kind of working to rebuild his endurance again. So that looks promising. But when you look at just taking a step back, what, what kind of bat would you be looking to add? And also if, would you even consider someone who is a free agent this fall Especially when you look at the Cardinals being at the moment two games under 500 and eight games out of first place and even further out of the wild card, is it is it too much of a risk to give up yeah, even a, a low level prospect? It's a good point. Like, mm-hmm. listen, I like all right. So, um, you know, the, the difficult part is I, I'm not giving up anything of of sig- uh, mm-hmm. significance unless you can get somebody under control right mm-hmm. now. And I think the good news here's the one thing we've seen over the last like three or four trade deadlines. The, uh, any of the offensive players, for whatever reason, I don't agree with it. I can't even believe I'm 
the, the offensive players have not um, cost as much mm-hmm. in terms of prospects uh, than pitching has. And I'm really surprised by that. That's what we've seen because of guys, you know, the offensive players are out there on an everyday basis, but even impact guys you go back five, three years ago. I think it was when Manny Machado was going to be a free agent. He's with the O's and they got the, the Orioles got like four lower level prospects, like none in the top or maybe one in the top 10 uh, prospect list. Like, so, so I think if you're the Cardinals, I'm willing to give up a mid-level prospect for a free agent type of, of uh, mm-hmm. offensive player. Right. So maybe it's a, maybe it's an Adam Frazier who can play, you know, again, mm-hmm. this is, you know, Frazier you have under control for a couple of years. So you may have to give up more, but, but he gives you some versatility. He can play outfield and infield. Right. And it allows you to move Edmund, Edmund gives you versatility too. So you can do somebody like that. You could do a David Peralta with a Diamondback, somebody like that, that, that you, that, you know, is reasonably cost and you have control for the next year and a half and then give up enough, you know, like I like their draft pick. So, so part of this factors in, okay, you got a kid out of college, it's quick to the big leagues and the kid, Michael McGree. So maybe you give up a, you know, a, you know, a pitching prospect, but again, it's not a, it's not top five. So I think that's where they're, they're at. I, you know, if, if they're not an all in team, um, unless you know that for sure Flaherty's coming back in that group. And even if that's the case, I don't think you have to give up a ton of capital for that position player. We're talking to Jim Duquette, former MLB general manager. He's joining us here on 101 ESPN. Jim, I did want to ask you, as you're talking about how these offensive players that are especially going to be free agents don't cost quite what you ex- would expect. I mean, the big one that we're going to be talking about over the next two weeks is Trevor Story. And he plays a premium position. He's an outstanding player. But as I look around the contenders in the National League and really in Major League Baseball as a whole, there are not very many that need a shortstop moving forward. What do you think it's going to cost to acquire a guy like Trevor Story? And if you were John Mozeliak, would you at least be making calls on that over the next couple of weeks? I think you have to keep an eye on that for sure. I I think at the end, it's it's going to take somebody like Nolan Gorman. Unfortunately, mm. and and I wouldn't. I'm not sure I'm doing that one. You know, mm. unless here, here's the thing: as we've seen with the Cardinals, right? That you go out and you trade for a, uh, uh, you know, Goldschmidt, and you sign them up. They have that ability to do mm. that with other guys, right? They can do it with, you know, and their payroll is is always generally pretty high, um, you know, each year. So they could, I'm sure, um, in looking at some of the money that gets freed up, they could afford a guy like Story long term. Uh, but the, you know, the hard part is like if you wait a year you're also in the same situation where there's, there's like five really good shortstops available, not just story. And, and so do you want to give up that premium guy or, or guys for the rental or the ability to maybe sign them long-term and you're held over a barrel like the Mets were with Francisco Lindor and having to give him 340 million after trading guys. You know what I mean? Like there's a, there's a sweet spot there that I don't see the price of Trevor story going so low that you don't have to give up a top, prospect and and other obviously capital that you that you don't really have that you don't want to give up and assets in your minor league system for to make sense for the Cardinals because they're too far out if they were closer I'd say oh yeah you know what you're all in he's the one guy that can get you over the top I'm not so, so sure that that's the case with the Cardinals what if the Rockies said that they were interested in Paul DeYoung in lieu of one of those top prospects so instead of nolan gorman you included paul DeYoung in the package and then you are kind of closer to that middle tier pitching prospect or something along those lines would, would that be if you were in john mose shoes something where you're like okay maybe this ends up being worth it for us 
Well, if I'm all, that that would definitely be worth it. I'm not so sure that would get it done in Colorado. So, sure. you know, I, I'm just with the, you know, the young has, has really struggled over the last year and a half, as we know, offensively. So, and I think by the way, if you're Colorado, you take a shot at him, you know, because I think going to that ballpark, he would really do well, but um, you know, if I'm them, I can't, and, and, and listen, I, I say that they made a tremendous trade, you know, in, in getting Arenado and it's basically a steal. And I feel like it's a little bit similar situation. The only problem was, well, the, the good news was Arenado was signed long-term and the story isn't. So it's a little, a little different, obviously, but I think it's, if you're Colorado, you have this one ship, you got criticized all over town. They're still paying for it publicly trading Arenado, not getting what they feel is enough for it. If they went back to the Cardinals and tried to do anything other than a top prospect deal, they may run the owner out of town. Jim, let's play a little different scenario here. And this one's a little depressing for Cardinals fans, but let's they do have a fairly challenging schedule coming out of the break. What if things, you know, don't go great over the next couple of weeks? And they're instead of being two games under five hundred, they're six games under five hundred and they're eleven games out of first place. Now you're kind of getting into that range where, you know, mathematically it's pretty darn hard. Do you think this is a team that, even if they won't, like they haven't done this, it hasn't been their MO at all, would be right. well served to consider trading maybe an Adam Wainwright, maybe a KK, the guys who are going to be free agents, and try to get a prospect or two or three prospects who can help you for the next few years? So I, I do think it's it's interesting, you know, from that side. For me, you know, somebody like uh, Kim, mm-hmm. I think, would have some value out there, you know, and, and you know, there are plenty of teams that are looking for, you know, a starter of, of his ability. You know, Wainwright, to me, is an interesting case because, you know, he, like you always assume he's going to retire a Cardinal, mm-hmm. and you got to he's a he's a ten and five guy, right? So ten years in the league, mm-hmm. five with the same team, he's been there forever. So you got to get his permission. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like a relationship thing. Hey, Adam, would you would you be willing, you know, in the right situation for us to trade you, you know, and what teams would you want to go to? Which ones would you accept? And and talk to him about that if you're in that scenario. Because I think it's almost about doing right, right by, by Wayno, right? Mm-hmm. The guy has been – every time he's on the mound, even this year, they have a chance to win. Mm-hmm. And so that's the case with anybody else, too. Um, I think it becomes like that type of personal relationship. Hey, by the way, you can always go back and sign him, you know, next winter. The guy looks like he's got still plenty left in the tank, but do you want it? And I, I think I would be curious what his answer would be. You know, right. I, I think he, he would want to go in that situation for a chance to, to go to the postseason, knowing that, hey, listen, I'd like to come back again next year. Right. We're talking to Jim Duquette here on 101 ESPN for another couple of minutes. Jim, this is a question that we asked earlier today. I'd be curious your answer to it. Who do you think, if I said you could just kind of normalize the uh, the performances from everybody that you don't answer with this question for, it's going to be kind of career norms for them. Who do you think is the yeah. most important Cardinal for the second half? Like for this team to get back on track, who is the singular most important player? Boy, that's a good one. Uh uh, they got you know, it's interesting because I think when I look at the offense, I, I look at that group and I go, all right, I'd like for me, Goldschmidt's probably underperformed from what I'm from what I was expecting. He's a guy that he's got to be a 900 OPS guy, yeah. uh, and he's not, and and he hasn't been, you know. But so for me, on the offensive side, it's probably it's probably him more than anybody else. 
Um, and and I, I think the other on the pitching side, it's to me, it's just get healthy. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they they really really Flaherty has had such. I mean, I can't believe they have four of their five starters basically on the injured list. You can't. No no one can really survive that many injuries for long terms. I, I'm surprised they've been able to stay in it this long. So they got to get they got to get Flaherty back. But I think that to me, if I'm picking one guy, I, I I would go Goldschmidt. What what did you guys think? What do you guys see this team every day? What, who's the guy for you? You and I are on the same page. I, I had Paul Goldschmidt first, just because he, because he's so under his um, you know career batting norms, and it, I think there's something right. special about a one-two kind of punch in the middle of your lineup, which they could have had, you know, with Arenado had he performed a little bit better. And mine was Paul DeYoung yeah. because I, I'm kind of with yeah. you. I don't think they're going to be able to trade for a shortstop. So you've got a guy that you thought coming into the season would be like a 250 hitter, 800-ish OPS guy. And he has a 672 OPS right now. He's batting 185. So you, you right, need a right, better right. performance than that from a guy that entered the season batting cleanup for you, and right now is batting yeah. eighth for you. Yeah, that's fair. It's fair. You know, listen. He, you know, I, I go back and I look at DeYoung and I, and I go, man, this guy's unfortunately his offensive struggles have just gone beyond this year. Mm-hmm. You know, I was looking. It's funny. I was inter- I was looking at him even before the break. I'm like, man, what has gone on with him? Because because you do expect more out of him. I, I agree with you. The thing with Goldschmidt, man, if you're paying him that kind of dough, he's got to be, he's got to be, you know, he's got to be plus 900 uh, mm. OPS wise for you. And and you know, the closest guy that you've had to that kind of offense is, is Tyler O'Neill. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even Arenado is below what I what I expected out of the gate. But I mean, you, you'll take that. So um, you take what he's given you so far. But I would expect a little bit of a bump in offense, hopefully from him too in the second half. But Goldschmidt's the guy that I think is has underproduced more and, and uh, is impactful, you know, has shown that he could be impactful. Jim, final thing that I've got for you, as you're talking there, it, it brought up the question that we've been bringing up so much in the first half. There are a lot of underperforming Cardinals offensively this year. I mean, you, you, you just went up yeah. and down the list, really. Of course, that typically means in any city, and certainly here in St. Louis, the hitting coach comes under a lot of scrutiny. When you were a general manager, how much importance did you place in that position on the coaching staff? And at what point do you consider reassessing that position? So the hitting coach, it's a, it's funny because they are, when the offense doesn't, doesn't swing about well and proven guys don't, it, he's always the target, the hitting coach and the pitching coach. They're the, they're the low hanging fruit for coaches to do something. Your fans always target them like, Oh, you got to fire him. The reality is, they don't, they, it doesn't, unless it's a, just an absolute opposite philosophy from what you feel as an organization, it's not likely that's the case, but if that, if that was the case, okay, then you got to make a change in season. I've done, I've done, I've unfortunately fired coaches in season four times, three times. It didn't even work. <laughs> it, 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 uh, the offense sucked afterwards. Yeah. I mean, was that, it was that bad. So the one time, the one time it worked, it was, it was underperforming veterans that actually started to, to get back to their norm. And I question whether that really was effective or not. So I'm not in hindsight and by experience, I'm not a big guy fan of firing the coaches in the middle of the season, because I don't think they're the reason why the offense isn't performing. It's interesting, Jim. We've had the conversation a million different times. I'm sure we'll continue to do so if this offense continues to underperform. But we always appreciate your time. You guys can follow Jim Duquette on Twitter at Jim underscore Duquette. Make sure you're listening to him on Power Alley as well on MLB Network Radio. Jim, always appreciate the time. All the best moving forward. All right, you got it, guys. Talk to you soon.